Welcome back to No Idea, the podcast where you have no idea what we're going to talk about and we have no idea how it's going to go. It's me, it's Jenny, and I am so happy to be recording with you guys today. And I have two guests with me. And these two guests have both been on this podcast before. So I would just like to say thank you to both of you for agreeing to do this again. <laughs> we have Hannah and Anna. Isn't that crazy? You guys are roommates. Yeah. And now I'm in your home and we all get to record this together. So Anna, as in Annabeth, to not be confused, okay? You guys live together mm-hmm. and Anna, you are a two-timer. You've been here two times. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to do that. Say hello. Hello. And then Hannah, this is your fourth time. Heck yeah. That's like the most I've ever had anyone on here. So thank you for agreeing. She's not sick of me yet. No. So four times in a well, not in a row. Four times in general. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Say hello one more time. Hello. Again. (laughs) Again. So... I met you guys basically around the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. part of the same class. Right, mm-hmm. in college. So we became friends around the same time. That would be about three, almost four years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That's kind of really weird to say that I've known you for, first of all, that I've known you for that long. Second of all, that we've been pretty much been friends for that long. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. I feel <laughs> old. I feel oh old now. I'm back. <laughs> we want you guys to get to know us better so we decided to do fun facts about each other so we're gonna say a fun fact about the person to our right so hannah why don't you go first (laughs) hannah Um, tell us a fun fact about anna (laughs) well um so we are roommates we live in the same apartment and we share a room at the moment and fun fact about anna is that when she's stressed, she talks in her sleep. <laughs> what did <And> she say? <laughs> it's yeah, mostly, I'm so stressed. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly like, uh, or, mmm. <laughs> or, I don't know, like, I think you mumbled a few things, but. Probably. Um, I'm usually, like, half asleep, and, like, I only hear, like, the end of what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Um, lovely. If you ever want to tell us a story while you're asleep or anything, don't, feel free. Just, you just ask. Ask away. <laughs> just ask. I'll make sure it happens. Okay, Anna, what is a fun fact about me? Um, Jenny has a very, very unhealthy obsession with cows and Wisconsin. <laughs> Both those things. Very bad. I just, I just love Wisconsin, and it's so close, and it's so beautiful, and has so much farmland. It's in dairy. It's dairy. Uh, it's made out of cheese. <laughs> yeah. I just love cheese. Love Wisconsin. I don't yeah. think I've had a bad experience in Wisconsin. Hmm. Every trip I've taken there, I'm like, wow, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It is beautiful. I can. You are it. from Wisconsin. So. I, I am. But you are not a fan. I am not. I understand. That's okay. <laughs> we accept you for who you are. Thank you. <laughs> so I will tell a fun fact about the Hannah Meister. Um, so it would, it, would it be last year? Yeah, last summer. Okay, so last summer when Hannah and I were roommates, the fun fact about her is that the smell of sweet coffee in the mornings reminds me of her automatically now. <laughs> because there was a time before she got a night job, that was crazy. That crazy was... times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whenever she would work in the morning, I would always wake up to the smell of sweet coffee brewing, and she would be sitting in her chair by the window <laughs> looking out. She's not fully awake yet, but she's like... 
but I just wake up to that noise. It was so endearing. I loved waking up to that smell and just waking up to seeing you sitting in your chair not awake. Uh, it's nice. So automatically, if I smell sweet coffee, I now think of you. Wow, I feel so honored. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so thank you for the fun facts. Yeah. So now you guys know us better. And now we're going to introduce our topic for today. I'm very excited. We did a part one to this already, not with these specific people, but my friend Zoe and I recorded a podcast um, a couple episodes ago that was entitled The Fatherhood of God Part One, and today we are doing The Fatherhood of God Part Two. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) So, we're so excited, and I think this was Hannah's idea, actually. (laughs) I think it originated with you, because she just, like, randomly pulls out these lists, and she's like, I have a few ideas for podcasts! Would you define what a father wound is? When I think of a father wound, I think of um, a wound or trauma that has been caused by a father figure in your life, either intentional or Mm -hmm. unintentional. Um, It doesn't really matter. It's whatever your brain kind of interprets Mm -hmm. as trauma or Mm -hmm. wound um, that can can affect you in your view of fathers. Mm Mm-hmm. And possibly your view of God, too. Yeah. 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 So we defined that on part one also, but we wanted to reiterate that. That even if your father figure or father was such a great dad or father figure, you could still have a few father wounds because all people are imperfect. So therefore, all fathers will mess up from time to time. Mm, Yeah. As we all do. So there are several different types of fathers we could have in this world. And maybe some of you listening will resonate with one more than the other, but we just wanted to list some general types of fathers there are. Not every dad will fit into one of these categories, and that's okay. If you had a phenomenal dad, you're like, oh, he only did these few things wrong a couple times. That's wonderful. And some of these you'll be like, well, my dad kind of fit into two of those categories. Whatever. But we just wanted to describe them. So, Hannah, what would you describe as an absent father? Yeah, an absent father is a father who is physically or emotionally not there um, for you in any capacity. Okay, and number two, Anna, would you describe what an abusive father would be defined as? Yeah, I think an abusive father is anything that's, honestly, anything that's done to you that hurts any part of you. So physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would be labeled abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number three is a passive father, and passivity can also be just as painful as an absent father, but in a silent but deadly type of way. So this would be a father who is physically present but is not emotionally present, is not emotionally available for their kids, and um, could even seem to lack concern or care for their children. And number four is a perfectionistic father. And this is a father who would have exceedingly high expectations for his kids. And not in a healthy way, but in a a pressure-filled type of way that you have to be in this career, you have to do this, or or you won't have my blessing, um, or just has incredibly high standards that are impossible to meet. And so the kids feel 
that they are not enough. They can't meet their father's expectations. So we just picked those four categories. And again, not every father is perfect. So each father could have a little bit of one and less of the other. But those are just some general categories we wanted to pinpoint today. So we're going to hear both Hannah and Anna's stories about their personal fathers. And then we're going to come back to how that impacted their view of God and then what their healing process was like. Hannah, please take it away. <laughs> um, so just a general timeline. Um, my dad has left three major times in my life. So when I was one or two, he left my mom um, and just went off and did his own thing. I don't quite remember that very well because I was one or two. Um, I just know that I knew that I was missing something, but I couldn't, like, I knew I was missing my dad, obviously, like, because mm-hmm. there is a lack of a man in my house, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, something that I was totally concerned with. Um, the second time, um, my dad had come back, they, my parents were married for 10 years, and, uh, they got a divorce when I was 15, and so he left again. And during that 10 years, he had traveled for work quite a bit. So even when he was there, he wasn't always there. Um, So that was kind of an absent in the present period. And then the third time was um, when I was a sophomore in college. We had a falling out and we didn't speak for seven, eight months. And... That was when everything just kind of fell and just, I fell apart and I couldn't, all of the weight of every single time that my dad had left um, came just crashing down on me. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so the third time was definitely the worst for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's why I think that my dad kind of fits into the absent father category mm-hmm. yeah and my personal story with my dad was I grew up with my dad being on the road a lot because he was a truck driver and so he was gone usually about five days out of the week um and then home on the weekends but through that he wasn't like I wouldn't consider him like being absent or not there or anything he was just physically not there but he was always there to like call or talk to and things like that so My dad was there for me, I guess. So when I was 15, I found out that my dad had cancer and it was at the same time that my parents split up. And so that just caused a lot of division in my family. And so um, I personally ignored the fact that my dad had cancer and it caused a lot of division between me and him too because I separated myself from that. And for years I watched my dad just kind of like get sicker and sicker. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard to watch and see happen just day by day and yeah that was my life for about four years and through that my dad was still like always there like he never like dwindled away or anything like he was there for me he was there for all of his kids for all of our friends like he was super strong and so when I was 18 my dad passed away from cancer and I graduated high school and then I decided I was going to move to LA partly to just kind of run away from everything get out of my hometown and just kind of start over and yeah so I 
moved to LA and started doing ministry there mm-hmm. for the year. All right. Thank you guys for sharing. And so I would love to ask both of you, how did your relationship with your dad at the, at those times impact your view of how you saw God? So Hannah, you can go first. Yeah, so the first few times that my dad was absent, um, I don't think there was a negative effect on how I viewed God. Um, I wasn't really in my faith during those times, one, because I was very young the first time, but two, um, I was just angry, and I wouldn't even say I was angry at God, I was just neglecting my faith and neglecting God and like trying not to bring him into this Mm -hmm. um I mean I guess you could say I was angry with God and that kind of negatively affect that but the third time was I feel like I was so lucky because this doesn't happen for most people people but um it almost positively affected my view of God because God met me in that season Mm -hmm. so sweetly and he showed me what it was like to be his daughter and what his fatherhood looked like Mm -hmm. and he brought um, men into my life that really showed me that because my dad messed up that doesn't mean all men and all fathers are like that right so Mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful and Anna how did your relationship with your dad impact your view of God at that time My relationship with my dad was really good, and he was very good at portraying God um, in just things that he did and who he was, and he did that in ways that um, he didn't have to necessarily bring God's name into it. He just did a really good job at reflecting Christ, and that's something that I didn't realize as a kid, but into my adulthood, I've now looked back and seen that a lot, and so because I related God to my God to my dad so much um when my dad died I felt like God kind of died with him and so I really separated myself from God in that moment Mm -hmm. and we are so thankful these this is not where your stories stop so I mean we know that Christ offers us abundant life and that includes healing of the things that have hurt us in life so I would love to hear how your healing what your healing process was like for both of you in healing from your father wounds we don't have to always start with Hannah Anna you could take it away I mean just whoever really wants to (laughs) to go first for it why don't you take this one oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so my healing process was I feel like it was very messy because Um, At the time that I moved to LA, I wasn't a Christian, and so I was kind of going through a lot of new things and repairing my relationship with God and becoming a Christian and all of that, and so it was very messy, and God brought a lot of healing, like, right away with my dad, and so um, at the beginning, God showed me a lot of pictures. just back from when I was a kid growing up of my dad and the things that he would do and just who he was and he would be like hey like I was in your dad like and God was just showing himself through my dad in those times and yeah so that was a really sweet season of healing and then I had to start to separate how God and my dad were different because my dad was human Mm -hmm. 
And so in that time, God actually brought up a lot of mistakes that my dad made and just showed me ways that like my dad wasn't perfect and he did make a lot of mistakes and he was human and that's okay. And because he was human, his time had ended and that's why he had to leave and he died. Um, But you know, God isn't. And so just like making that distinction that even though my dad was a great dad, Mm -hmm. he still was human. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I was able to separate the two and find healing in that. And not put expectations of God on your dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So good. And so that happened the year after high school for you? Yeah. So I was like 19. Wow. Prime. (laughs) (laughs) And Hannah, what was your healing process like? Yeah, so um, the healing process for when my parents got divorced was very messy. Um, I don't know if I ever actually fully healed from that until the third time that he left and we had that falling out. Um, So the healing process for me was a lot of crying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A lot of crying and a lot of the Lord just meeting me so sweetly in that time and I just found myself asking the same question over and over again of if I'm not my dad's father or if I'm not my dad's daughter who am I and like it was such a cry of my heart of just I don't know who I am Mm because I was such a daddy's girl Mm -hmm. and so I identified with my dad so much and so when that was stripped from me I felt like I had no identity I felt like I was no one and I was just I had no meaning Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about I didn't realize how much like Mm -hmm. identity I put into my dad from myself um but he just the Lord just met me so sweetly and he told me who I was so my name is obviously Hannah and nice to meet you (laughs) (laughs) um but my name means grace and the Lord just spoke over me daughter of grace Mm-hmm. All right, and daughter by grace and so he was just speaking to me and like showing me who I am as his daughter and he put um some very very amazing people in my life um one of my best friends in college I cried on her floor so many times mm. and she was just there for me in a way like no other friend could be but she had never experienced fatherlessness but she was just so loving and so understanding mm-hmm. she was like girl get it out that's <laughs> just get, get it out get, get it. it get it <laughs> get it out of your uh-huh. system um but he also put a an amazing father figure in my life um which was actually our supervisor mm-hmm. um for a while and which was crazy and so unexpected because I didn't know him that well mm-hmm. um but yeah he obviously he's also human he's not perfect but he just was there for me in a way I didn't realize I needed um and yeah so that was that was kind of like what my process was like that's beautiful Mm -hmm. and while I was doing some research yesterday for this podcast today I read on psychology today and I'm pretty sure that I have learned this before but it was crazy how this fact came up um and how you mentioned it but the father in a family unit is the person who carries the sense of the most sense of identity for their children wow. that's crazy wow. so like 
our moms, of course, have a part to play in we're forming who we are, mm. but the father genetically like always carries more of a sense of identity of who the kid is. So that's just crazy how yeah. we identify so much with like who we are because of our dad. Yeah. Mm. And I also, this verse just came to mind, but I wanted to read Ephesians 1 verse 3 through... Seven, um, because that just goes along with how God is our heavenly father and we can identify our identity with him the most out of anyone in our lives. But it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Christ Jesus to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, and to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It's so beautiful. But he predestined us before we were ever born so that we could be his sons and daughters. Mm. That's such beautiful story and that is something he offers to each and every single one of us regardless of what our earthly father was like is like currently but i would love to hear how you guys would encourage someone else who is listening they're like hmm, i think this applies to me i think i have to work through some things how would you encourage them to start healing through their father wounds um i think one thing one big thing is to just embrace the pain and not to like steer away from it like embrace those hard feelings and lean into them too and don't ever like close the door to them because even when you think like your healing process is done like those wounds are still there they're still a part of you and they'll still come up and to just not close that door and be done with it and to let yourself feel it even years down the road Mm -hmm. yeah even as we think like oh it's over or like yeah like I've I've forgiven I'm gonna move on now and Mm -hmm. just if we try to close the door, like you said, it always comes back up. It does. Like, you can choose to ignore it if you want, but it will come back up in some time in your life. Yeah, and so, it'll be even harder. Yes, if you don't so just choosing to walk through it yeah. <laughs> when it, right when it comes up is the bravest and, and wisest thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have, like, five very specific things that I... Very specific. (laughs) Very specific things that, like, I have learned throughout the past couple years. Um, So the first one is to allow yourself to mourn, kind of like what Anna was saying, of just, like, feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, And mourn the falling out. Like, for me and my dad, there was an argument. um, Or, you know, my parents split. Mourn that, like, the actual, like, event Um, let yourself mourn the person like that person's no longer in your life and that's hard like you have this hole in your life that you're now you're you're like who am I going to fill this with Mm -hmm. or the relationship is just not the same yeah Mm -hmm. and then yeah the relationship isn't just the same like with me and my dad I was so close with him that relationship will never be the same and so I'm still mourning that like I still get very sad about that a lot of the Mm -hmm. times and so yeah, just allow yourself to mourn when it comes up. Don't shove it down mm-hmm. because it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get mm-hmm. harder to deal with. Um, second one is 
bring God into it. Let him speak identity over you Mm -hmm. since our fathers, we put so much of our identity in our fathers. Um, So just bring him into that and let him speak identity over you. My third thing is that we're not meant to carry this alone. The Lord is sufficient if you don't have people in your life that you can bring into this that are you trust and that are safe for you uh, like the lord will meet you in that season mm-hmm. and be there for you and be enough for you but if it is possible bring people into this pain with you so they can help carry your burdens because you're not not meant to carry this alone mm-hmm. um and then kind of going off of what you two were saying the trauma doesn't disappear when you're healed Mm -hmm. but I believe that it does get easier Mm -hmm. to kind of handle the more you are on top of it and like dealing with it (laughs) when it comes up Mm -hmm. like you know I'm still realizing like certain things that I think because of what happened with my dad but instead of like breaking down and be like oh what was me Mm -hmm. I like notice it and I'm like wow okay that sucks Mm -hmm. but I've put my identity in the Lord, and so I immediately turn to him and be like, okay, what mm-hmm. do you have to say about this? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Uh, so the good. last thing is just the Lord's faithfulness is enough, and he meets us so sweetly in this season, and we're never alone. Mm-hmm. We're never actually alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I would also say forgiveness is key. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> essential. I would maybe even say that is step one um, out of all of it, but I've heard it said that forgiveness is like taking the cork out of the bottle, and once you choose to do that, and it could take a hundred times over saying, I forgive them out loud, um, it will get easier, and then you can start to heal from wounds that are in your life. And forgiveness is just such a crucial part because it will it'll open up your heart so you're not holding that against the person anymore so i mean it will not be dependent on does this person deserve forgiveness because none of us deserve forgiveness but christ gives it to us freely so i would say that's step one that's so so good also counseling yes (laughs) i mean (laughs) why not what do you have to lose (laughs) yeah i think counseling is also very helpful if you want to talk with your friends, those are also very helpful, but a counselor is a trained professional mm-hmm. who could work through that with you if that was an option for you. So Yeah. 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 And I would love to know what are some key takeaways that you learned about God's fatherhood during that healing process for you? What are some key takeaways you learned that were new for you about God? Just his gentleness. Mm-hmm. I knew God was gentle. But I always envisioned him as this, like, big, huge deity that is, like, mighty. Like, I mean, they're all true. Like, Mm -hmm. he's mighty. He is fierce. He is, like, a lot. Mm. But he's also so gentle. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he meets us in those seasons so, like, in the way that we need. Yeah, Yeah, so so individual to you. Yeah, and so his gentleness... And, like, his quietness, like, he is the still small voice. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, his gentleness was just so prevalent in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's crazy that you said that because that's literally the word when I think of my healing process and God. Like, that's the word that always comes to my mind. Like, yeah. use all the words right out of my mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely his gentleness and him just like willing to get low on the ground with you yeah. and cry mm-hmm. with you. Like, yeah. he is feeling the pain for you and with you, and mm-hmm. he is crying in those moments with you. And so. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's like such a big one. Um, Yeah. So any final words, you guys? Thank you for sharing your stories. First of all, they're precious and beautiful to listen to and inspiring to others. So are there any final words, if any final encouragements? Yeah, you you just don't have to go it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be my... It can be a very um, uh, isolating experience. Um, you feel like no one can really understand like exactly what you're going through, which is true. Mm-hmm. Everybody's father experience is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not alone and reach out to somebody, mm-hmm. um, have somebody walk with you mm-hmm. through that. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much what Hannah said, honestly, like that's really the best thing that you can do is not sit in it alone. Because it's just going to get worse mm-hmm. if you just let it fester inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's good. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so glad I could have both of you on at the same time. What a blessing. Um, but maybe we could do other ones with you both. Yes. Wow, yes. So we exciting. could spill out dirty secrets about each other. Oh, <laughs> or fun facts. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Okay. Say goodbye. Go ahead. <laughs> Bye, guys. Go ahead, Anna. Bye. (laughs) Okay, this is Jenny, Anna, and Hannah signing off. No Idea Podcast. See you next time.